Chapter 8 Speedy Repentance The second branch of this exhortation is to push people toward speedy repentance. God is now proclaiming to mankind that all people everywhere are to repent. Acts 17, verse 30. The Lord would rather not be offered any of the late autumn fruits. God loves early penitents who consecrate the spring of their lives to Him. Early tears, like pearls of morning dew, are more brilliant and beautiful. Do not leave only the dregs of your life for God, if you don't want Him to leave only the dregs of His cup for you. Be as quick in your repentance as you would have God be quick in His mercies. The king's matter was urgent. 1 Samuel 21, verse 8 Repentance requires haste. It is natural for us to procrastinate and put off repentance. We say, as the people said to Haggai, The time has not come. Haggai 1, verse 2 Most people plan to change their ways, but they put it off long enough that in the end all their plans prove to be in vain. Many are now in hell who are planning to repent eventually. Satan does what he can to keep men from repentance. When he sees a man beginning to take up serious thoughts of reformation, he encourages him to wait a little longer. If this traitor, sin, must die, says Satan, do not let it die yet. The devil secures a reprieve for sin. It will not die this time, and in the end men put repentance off for so long that death comes on them while their spiritual work is not yet done. So let me lay down some clear arguments to persuade you to speedy repentance. 1. Now is the season of repentance, and everything is best done in its season. Now is a favorable time. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 Right now God has a mind to show mercy to the penitent. He is in a giving mood. Kings set aside days for healing. Now is the healing day for our souls. Now God hangs out the white flag and is willing to enter talks with sinners. A prince at his coronation as an act of royalty gives money, proclaims pardons, and fills the fountains with wine. Now God promises pardons to repentant sinners. Now the fountain of the gospel runs wine. Now is the accepted time. So come in now and make your peace with God. Break away from your sins now by repentance. It is wise to take advantage of the season. The farmer takes advantage of the season for sowing his seed. Now is the seed time for our souls. Number two. The sooner you repent, the fewer sins you will have to answer for. At the deathbed of an old sinner where conscience starts to awaken, you will hear him crying out, Here are all my old sins hovering around me, haunting my deathbed like evil spirits, and I have no escape. Here is Satan, who was once my tempter. He has now become an accuser, and I have no advocate. I am now going to be dragged before God's judgment seat where I will receive my final doom. Oh, how dismal this man's case is. He is in hell before his time. 
but you who repent promptly of your sinful ways, this is your privilege. You will have less to answer for. Indeed, let me tell you, you will have nothing to answer for. Christ will answer for you. Your judge will be your advocate. First John 2, verse 1. Father, Christ will say, here is one who has been a great sinner, yet a broken-hearted one. If he owes anything to your justice, charge it to my account. Number three, the sooner we repent, the more glory we may bring to God. It is the goal of our lives to be useful in our generation. Late converts who for many years have taken pay from the devil's side do not have time to do very much work in the vineyard. The thief on the cross could not do as much service for God as St. Paul did. But when we promptly turn from sin, then we give God the first fruits of our lives. We spend and are spent for Christ. The more work we do for God, the more willing we are to die for Him. And the sweeter that death will be. He who has worked hard at his day's labor has no trouble sleeping at night. Those who have been honoring God all their lives will sleep so sweetly in the grave. The more work we do for God, the greater our reward will be. He whose mina had earned ten minas, Christ not only commended him, but also promoted him. You are to have authority over ten cities. Luke 19, verse 17. When we repent late, we do not lose our crown, but we do make it lighter. Number four, it is dangerous to put off repentance any longer. Procrastination brings dangers. It is dangerous if we consider what sin is. Sin is a poison. It is dangerous to let poison stay in the body. Sin is a wound. If a wound is not soon cured, it can develop gangrene and kill. If sin is not soon cured by repentance, it festers in the conscience and brings damnation. Why would anyone love to live in the tents of wickedness? They are under the power of Satan, Acts 26, verse 18, and it is dangerous to stay in the enemy's quarters. It is dangerous to procrastinate repentance because the longer people go on in sin, the harder they will find the work of repentance. Delay strengthens sin, hardens the heart, and gives the devil fuller possession. A plant at first may be easily pulled up, but when it has spread its roots deep in the earth, a whole team cannot remove it. It is hard to remove sin once it becomes deeply rooted. The longer the ice freezes, the harder it is to break it. The longer a man is frozen in complacency, the harder it will be to have his heart broken. The longer people struggle with iniquity, the sharper pains they have waiting for them in the new birth. When sin finds a safe haven, it is not easily shaken off. Sin comes to a sinner the way the older brother came to his father. Look, for so many years I have been serving you, and I have never neglected a command of yours. Luke 15, verse 29. And are you going to cast me off now, in my old age, after you have had so much pleasure from me? Sin wants to keep a sinner in the habit of sinning, like a leopard keeps its spots. 
Jeremiah 13, verse 23. It is dangerous to postpone and delay repentance because there are three days that may soon expire. A. The day of the gospel may expire. This is a sunny day. It is sweet, but swift. Jerusalem had a day, but lost it. But now they have been hidden from your eyes. Luke 19, verse 42. The Asian churches had a day, but at last the golden candlestick was removed. It would be a sad time in England to see the glory departed. With what hearts could we follow the gospel to the grave? To lose the gospel would be far worse than to have our city charter taken from us. Gray hairs also are sprinkled on him. Hosea 7, verse 9. I will not say the sun of the gospel has set in England, but I am sure it is under a cloud. That was a sad speech. The kingdom of God will be taken away from you. Matthew 21, verse 43. Therefore, it is dangerous to delay repentance in case the market of the gospel should disappear and the vision cease. B. A man's personal day of grace may expire. What if the time comes when God says the means of grace will no longer do any good, and he will give them a miscarrying womb and dried up breasts? Hosea 9 verse 14. Would it not be sad to put off repentance until after a decree like this was given? It is true that no man can justly tell that his day of grace is past, but there are two ominous signs that may cause him to fear it. First, when his conscience is no longer preaching to him. Conscience preaches to the heart. Sometimes it convinces, sometimes it admonishes. It says, as Nathan said to David, You yourself are the man. 2 Samuel 12, verse 7. But men put this preacher in prison, and God says to the conscience, Preach no more. Let the one who is filthy still be filthy. Revelation 22, verse 11. This is a fatal sign that a man's day of grace is past. And second, when he is in such a spiritual lethargy that nothing will wake him up or make him see reason, there is poured over you a spirit of deep sleep. Isaiah 29, verse 10. This is a sad sign that his day of grace is past. How dangerous it is, then, to delay repentance when the day of grace may so soon expire. C. The day of life may expire. What security do we have that we will live another day? We are marching quickly out of the world. We are leaving the stage. Our life is a candle soon to be blown out. Man's life is compared to the flower of the field which withers sooner than the grass. Psalm 103, verse 15. Our lifetime is as nothing. Psalm 39, verse 5. Life is but a flying shadow. The body is like a vessel filled with a little bit of breath. Sickness gets into this vessel. Death draws it out. The scene may change very soon. Many a virgin has been dressed the same day in her bridal gown and her burial clothes. How dangerous it is, then, to put off repenting when death may so suddenly take a stab at us. 
Do not say that you will repent tomorrow. Remember that speech of Aquinas. God who pardons the one who repents has not promised to give him tomorrow to repent in. I have read of Archias, a Lacedaemonian who was busy drinking, when someone delivered him a letter and told him to read it immediately, as it told of serious business. He replied, I will mind serious things tomorrow. And that very day he was murdered. While men think they are spinning out their silver thread, death cuts it. Olaus Magnus observes that the birds in Norway fly faster than the birds of any other country. Not that their wings are swifter than others, but by instinct, they, knowing the days in that climate can be as short as three hours long, move more quickly to get to their nests. In the same way, we, knowing the shortness of our lives, and how quickly we might be called away by death, should fly all the faster on the wing of repentance to heaven. But some will say that they do not fear a sudden surprise. They will repent upon their sickbed. I do not much like a sickbed repentance. He who will risk his salvation to within the circle of a few short minutes is playing a dangerous game. You who put off repentance until sickness, answer me these four questions. 1. How do you know that you will have a time of sickness? Death does not always fire its warning gun by way of a lingering illness. Some it kills suddenly. What if God should send you an immediate summons to surrender your life? 2. Suppose you do have a time of sickness. How do you know that you will have the use of your senses? Many are distracted on their sickbed. Or 3. Suppose you do have your senses. How do you know you will be in the right frame of mind for such a work as repentance? Sickness troubles the body and mind so much that at such a time one is in a poor posture to take care of his soul. In sickness a man is barely fit to make his will, much less to make his peace. The apostle said, Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church. James 5 verse 14 he does not say, Is he sick? Let him pray. But let him call for the elders, that they may pray over him. A sick man is very unfit to pray or repent. He is likely to make only sick work of it. When the body is out of tune, the soul will be disrupted in its devotion. Upon a sickbed, a person is more likely to exercise impatience than repentance. We read that at the pouring out of the fourth bowl, when God struck the inhabitants and scorched them with fire, they blasphemed the name of God, and they did not repent. Revelation 16, verse 9. In the same way, when the Lord pours out his bowl and scorches the body with a fever, the sinner is more likely to blaspheme than to repent. Number 4. How do you, who put off everything until the sickbed, know that God will give you, at that very moment in time, grace to repent? The Lord usually punishes those who neglect repentance in times of health with hardness of heart in times of sickness. In your lifetime you have repulsed the Spirit of God. 
Are you sure he will come at your call? You have not taken advantage of the first season, and it could be that you will never see another springtime of the Spirit. Consideration of all this should speed our repentance. Do not lay too much weight on a sickbed. Make every effort to come before winter. 2 Timothy 4, verse 21 There is a winter of sickness and death coming. Therefore, hurry to repent. Let your work be ready before winter. Today, hear his voice. Hebrews 3, verse 7.